Our scripture reading for today is Matthew 28, verses 1 through 7. After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, he rolled it back, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. This is the word of the Lord for us. The employees at the National Corvette Museum in Bowling Green, Kentucky, got the surprise of their lives. They showed up for work one morning, only to find that the floor of the building had collapsed during the night. The building was built on a sinkhole, they didn't realize prior to this, <laughs> and it happened in the wee hours of night. There's actual footage of this, you can go online and see it because of their internal security cameras, and the floor just disappears. It swallowed up eight of these valuable cars. That was unexpected. <laughs> Thankfully, no one was hurt in this accident, and now... The National Corvette Museum has turned it into an exhibit. You can find out why this happened, what cars were affected, how they were covered, how the building was fixed. Interesting to note that museum visitation skyrocketed following the creation of this exhibit. It skyrocketed when people from really around the world heard about this Corvette Museum and the floor had collapsed and vehicles were damaged and so people gathered near and far to see it. Though the sinkhole has since been filled, the story continues to draw attention. So it turned out to be a good thing for them. <laughs> that was unexpected. Some people like surprises. By show of hands, are you a person who likes surprises? Other people don't like surprises. <laughs> and here's, here's the thing about surprises or things that are unexpected. And maybe you've never thought about it this way before, but here's the thing about surprises or the unexpected. We always want to know, is it good or is it bad? We polarize surprises or the unexpected as, is it good or is it bad? There's really no in-between. A surprise, at something, an unexpected event, it's either good or bad. When you have that unexpected visit, that surprise visit from a loved one. It's a good thing. Wow, I didn't know this was going to happen. When you're eight years old and you come to church on Easter Sunday and you get a chocolate, it's a good thing. Wow, that was unexpected. But when your hot water heater goes kaput, like ours did recently, it's a bad thing. That was unexpected. We're not really planning on that. So we always want to know, is it a good thing or is it a bad thing? What's interesting is that sometimes the unexpected that seems to be bad really turns out to be good. Like at the Corvette Museum. It's a tragedy. Their building has collapsed. They lost these valuable cars. How could this not be a bad thing? That was unexpected, and yet it turned out to be good. They had a resurgence in visitors. They've had really a strong, steady stream ever since. So it is with the resurrection that we celebrate today. What seemed like a sad, bitter disappointment in his crucifixion, his death, yes, his burial, 
actually ends up with the joyful, unexpected, world-changing reality of a Savior who has defeated death itself. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So I'm thrilled that you've joined us for this Resurrection Day at MCA. My name is John. I serve as lead pastor. And I'm praying that through our time together, your heart and home grow stronger in the Lord. Yes, the empty tomb was unexpected. It was unexpected. It was surprising, I, even disorienting to the women who raced to the tomb. They went there to anoint the body of Jesus. But even though burial sites are places of mourning, the resurrection of Jesus is cause for great joy. He is risen. <laughs> Maybe we'll do better next time. Um, yeah, that's... We'll do better next time. Uh, I heard the story about a Sunday school teacher, by the way, teaching on, on Easter, the true meaning of Easter. And so the teacher asks the class, what is the true meaning of Easter? Well, responses come from the children about the Easter bunny <laughs> and Easter eggs and candy. No, 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 says the teacher. You might see those things, but I want to know the reason for Easter. Why do we celebrate Easter? What happened on the first Easter. And finally, one little girl raises her hand and she says, Easter celebrates Jesus coming out of the tomb. Yes, the teacher says. She's just thrilled. One little one has just spoken truth. Are you all listening to this? She just said it's Jesus coming out of the tomb. And she, she pushes it, goes even further. And she says, and since Jesus rose from the tomb, what does that mean for us? I'm guessing almost as it comes off her tongue, she probably regrets asking it because she can see the little girl is perplexed. She doesn't really know. She's, she's thinking. She seems stumped. And finally, she, her eyes light up. She says, I know. If he sees his shadow, he goes back in for another six weeks. <laughs> ah. Yes, the, the resurrection of Jesus was unexpected. And maybe for some of you who know your Bible and you know your theology, you're all of a sudden going, wait, 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 wait. John, you're saying that the resurrection was unexpected, but wasn't it prophesied? What, didn't Jesus himself even say this was going to happen? Yes, yes, he did. But they didn't get it. <laughs> so the resurrection was unexpected, even though Jesus told them that it was going to happen. He told them this in graphic detail, like in Luke chapter 9. Listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. He says in verse 44, the son of man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. But then look at verse 45. But they didn't understand what this meant. It was hidden from them so that they didn't grasp it and they were afraid to ask him about it. They didn't get it. Jesus said it very clearly, very plainly, yes, that, that he, as the Son of God, was going to be led like a lamb to the slaughter, lay down his life on the third day by the power of God, be raised to life. They just simply didn't get it. And so they were surprised. They were shocked. Even though Jesus told them he was going to die, they just couldn't really conceive of a plan where Jesus... <laughs> The Messiah, like he's the one, he's the one that, that is coming as the redeemer of his people. Like he is the all-powerful, sinless son of God. He's going to lay down his life? Like how's that going to advance God's mission? They couldn't conceive of a plan where that happened. Like they had seen him heal the sick, calm the storm, drive out demons, 
it just made no sense to them that he then would be subject to death. So even his death, we should say, was unexpected. Oh, he could have gotten off the cross. He could have called on the heavenly host. He could have saved himself. Just what the people there mocking him about, saying, you can't save yourself if you are who you say you are. Rescue yourself. He could have, but he didn't. He stayed on the cross. He endured the ridicule and the mockery and the pain. And then the scriptures tell us that he gave up his spirit. He died. And then as the story goes, a man named Joseph of Arimathea came and took his body. He wrapped it in a clean linen cloth. He placed it in a tomb and rolled a big stone in front of the entrance. And Pilate set guards. He ordered them to stand watch. And the next day, that was a Friday, and the next day, the Sabbath, Saturday, all was silent. But is that the end of the story? (laughs) Oh, thank you, Lord. That's not the end of the story. I want us to read from Matthew chapter 28 this morning where Brian read for us. So if you've got your Bible with you, this is where we're going to be this morning. Talking about the unexpected resurrection of our Lord Jesus. And really, we're going to point out three different things that make it an unexpected event. But let's go to Matthew chapter 28. Starting in verse 1, it says, After the Sabbath... At the dawn of the first day of the week, so that's Sunday, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, his clothes white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him, they shook and became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. These women, friends of Jesus, his followers, went to the tomb expecting to find his body. They went fully anticipating to see him. In fact, they were wondering as they were going, how are we going to move that big heavy stone that's covering the tomb? I don't know. We'll figure it out when we get there. And when they arrived, they were surprised. Why were they surprised? Because he wasn't in the tomb. (laughs) Very simply put. And that's the first point that I want to make this morning as we read this passage about the unexpected events of the resurrection. Jesus wasn't in the tomb. Why? Because the grave cannot hold him. Death cannot keep him down. And so the angel says, he's not in here. In in Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 24, it's worded this way. He says, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen. He's like, what are you doing here? Okay, you're seeking Jesus. Why are you here? This place is for the dead. Jesus isn't dead. He's alive, just like he told you. And this is the good news of the resurrection, that Jesus is alive. 
And we know that on the cross, as he was crucified, when he gave up his life, he said, it is finished. It is finished. And, and here's what he meant. He meant, I have now paid the penalty for the sins of humanity. I've given my life as the perfect sacrifice for all who then believe in me can be atoned for. He paid the price. He, he didn't mean the mission was final. There was still a very important part of that mission left to happen. And that's the resurrection. He meant the penalty has been paid. The price has been paid. But the mission wasn't complete until he was resurrected. In fact, the importance of the resurrection... Well, we could spend a lot of time there this morning. <laughs> if the resurrection didn't happen, the sacrifice of Jesus would have been in vain. Paul teaches us this very clearly, by the way, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let me read a few verses for us there, starting in verse 13. Where he says, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, for you are still in your sins. He said, it is finished as he hung on the cross. That was the price paid. But the mission wasn't complete until he burst forth from the grave. So the resurrection, it may have been unexpected. But I want to be clear this morning that it's good news. (laughs) When we want to know, when something surprising happens, is this good or is this bad? It's good news. Jesus has conquered sin and death. A woman named Barbara Garcia was one of many who lost their homes when a tornado tore through their neighborhood in Oklahoma. She lived alone, well, I should say she lived with her dog, who she lost during the storm. And she was actually doing a live TV interview. This happened just a few short hours after the tornado had come through when the unexpected happened. Check this out.
Barbara got her dog back. She'd been out there that whole time, two, three hours, calling for him, looking for him. She said, I know he's, he's gone. He's, he's here somewhere. And the camera crew spots him. His little head is sticking out there. That was unexpected. But it was good news for her. And we are celebrating the good news of the unexpected events of the resurrection of Jesus. So we're in Matthew chapter 28. Let's keep reading. We're ready for verse 7. The angel says, Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I've told you. So, again, it's this group of women that go to the tomb and are having this encounter with the angel. They've seen the empty tomb. They've been told that Jesus is risen and alive, and now they are to go and tell the others. And he's told them that they will see Jesus. And if you're wondering how they feel about this news, well, then just look at the next verse, verse 8. So the women hurried away from the tomb Afraid, yet filled with joy. Afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. This is sort of a roller coaster of emotions. How can you be afraid and filled with joy at the same time? Maybe you can think of a time in your life where you've had that same emotion. You received news. And it was at once terrifying and exciting. So now these women, they recognize he's not there. He's not in the tomb. They have the next unexpected twist, which is you will see him. You will see him. Like the alive version of him. Again, they went to see his body. And if you notice that when we refer to someone who's passed, we typically refer to it as an it and a body. We don't refer to it as the actual person. They now realize they are going to see him, and they do. They start heading for Galilee, and they run into Jesus. They encounter the risen Lord. Look at verse 9. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him and clasped his feet and worshipped him. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. And there they will see me. (laughs) So there's the unexpected joy of seeing the empty tomb. Now they have the unexpected favor of seeing the risen Lord. And they immediately fall at his feet in worship. And I pray that just as we've done that in 20 minutes of congregational singing today, that you do that each and every day. That the posture of your heart reflects these women encountering the risen Christ. To fall at his feet in worship. And he comforts them and he tells them, don't be afraid. What good news. What an unexpected twist in the story of going to a tomb and they get to see Jesus. And another day is coming, my friend, when we will see Jesus. And it's the day that he returns again. His sure return to earth. The Bible says it will be unexpected. No one knows the day or the hour. He will come like a thief in the night, according to 1 Thessalonians 5. And the reason that we need not fear, just as Jesus comforts them here, is that for those who are in Christ, we will be taken into glory. We need not be afraid of the return of Jesus. 
because we will be with him forever in eternity. Now, it will be a dreadful day, but only for the wicked. There's a prophecy about it in Malachi chapter 4. We've just concluded a study in Malachi, but we didn't do a whole lot of teaching from chapter 4. So let's turn there in our Bibles. To Malachi chapter 4, read the first few verses. It's a prophecy about the return of Jesus. Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble. And the day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. And you'll go out and frolic like well-fed calves. And then you'll trample on the wicked. There'll be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. And this unexpected news gives us great joy. The son of righteousness will rise. Do you see that prophecy? The son of righteousness will rise. And we will go out and frolic. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And because of the truth of the resurrection, we too will be raised with him. That's the third point that I want to point out this morning. That this unexpected events of Jesus' resurrection means that we will be raised with him. Now, when I say that, it's twofold. Number one, when you trust in the Lord Jesus as your savior, you're brought out of death and into life. That's, it is a spiritual resurrection. You are raised to new life in Christ, like Romans chapter six. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? And don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. You have been raised with Christ. You have a new nature. The Holy Spirit lives in you and allows you, enables you to live a life that is righteous. Not by your own good deeds, not because of your ability, but because of his work in you. You are raised to Christ. Like Colossians 3 mentions this as well. Since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. So when I say we'll be raised with him, it's twofold. Number one is this spiritual resurrection that we experience when we put our trust in him. The second is the resurrection at the end of the age. When Jesus returns and judges all people, the dead in Christ, will be raised to life. Eternity spent with him in paradise. When Jesus left the earth after his resurrection, he said this, John chapter 14. He says, I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may be where I am. The second resurrection. When Jesus returns, those who have placed their faith in him, we will rise to be with him forever. Through Christ, the penalty of sin has been removed. 
The power that sin had over us is gone. Thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I just want to offer a word of encouragement this morning. Don't let anything shake your faith. You know these truths. You know the unexpected events of the resurrection. And yet, all the world does, and all our spiritual enemy does, is try to knock us down and undermine our faith and attack us. Don't allow anything to shake your faith. Even when the unexpected happens, my friend. When something unexpected happens, trust that the Lord is going to use it as part of his plan. That's the way he works. Even those things that initially seem really bad, those sinkholes in life that swallow your Corvettes, how could this be a good thing? God can use it. God can bring about his plan and will through it. He's going to use it to bless you, to help you, to grow you even more into the likeness of his son, Jesus. The blessings of God are not always what we think they are. We talked about that last week. The blessings of God, when he refines us and corrects us and rebukes us and challenges us. I do want to encourage you this morning, if you feel shaken and you want to stand on a firm foundation, our prayer team is going to be available in the front after the service. We would invite you to come. We'd love to bear your burdens. We'd love to walk with you before the throne of grace. To stand with you and just offer your life to Christ and his purposes. Maybe you didn't expect to come to Easter Sunday. To come to the altar or to get saved or to lay down that burden. But I pray as the Lord prompts you, you would. The Lord wants to grow us and help us and bless us. Will we stand ready to receive? Oh, yes, oh God, what you have for me. When the unexpected happens, don't let it rattle your faith or shake you to your core. Stand on the rock that is our Lord Jesus. It's fascinating because people, the world over, over travel to grave sites of famous people. They want to see the, the burial plot of Napoleon and Abe Lincoln and Jim Morrison and Shakespeare and Marilyn Monroe and Mark Twain. Princess Di is one of the most popular the most visited grave in the world is Elvis Presley, the king. <laughs> kind of ironic, isn't it? And all those places where people go to visit those graves, here, here's the thing. Those graves are full. They're occupied. Like, like they go there. I want to see Elvis's grave. His bones are in there. Okay, despite the, the conspiracies, his bones are in there. <laughs> but not so with Jesus. His tomb is no longer occupied. And the fact that the tomb of Jesus is empty, my friends, is cause for great celebration. It gives us great joy. It means that Jesus is alive. It means that Jesus is coming back. And it means that we too will rise. I want to close with reading through 1 Corinthians 15, a few verses there that say, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, grave, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, 
He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Let's pray together. Oh, good and gracious, loving, heavenly Father. It's on days like these we reflect on your master plan of salvation. We're blown away by what you have done, by the unexpected events where you saw fit to give your one and only son, Jesus, the spotless, perfect Lamb of God who was able to take away the sin of the world, who declared even in that place of agony and excruciating pain. It is finished. This is the price that was required. Who entered into the darkness of the tomb, but who overcame. And so we celebrate. We celebrate that by the power of God, he is our risen Lord, that on the third day, just as he said, he burst forth in life, that he lives forevermore, that he's coming again, and that he calls us to turn to him in faith that all who believe in him will be forgiven of their sins and set on the path of righteousness that the life with Jesus begins now and it lasts forever. Thank you, O God, for what you're doing in our hearts. Lord, we honor you this morning. We turn to you. We trust you. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to stand firm when the unexpected in life happens. Those things that try to shake us and rattle us. Undermine our faith, Lord. That they wouldn't cause us to doubt, but they would galvanize our faith even more. And so I pray your blessing now over these people. I pray as they break bread and have Easter dinners and festivities, that in all of it, Lord, they would recognize It's because of Jesus. It's only because of Jesus. There's only one empty tomb in the whole world, and that's Jesus. Because he is alive. And so we worship you, we thank you, and we celebrate with great joy the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. And we pray it in his name. Amen. Will you stand with me as we sing?